the rhetoric of former President Trump has really just sort of spurred a lot of um, a lot of hate. And and I feel like it's sort of helped people or it, it sort of allowed people to let their these these sort of like hidden racist undertones and like a dormant racism, right? It's sort of like where it was previously frowned upon that that this that the rhetoric under Trump has has sort of allowed it to come front and center. This is Community Dialogues, a program for frank discussions about race, racism, and racial justice. I'm Laura Babiak. Our guest is Alexandra Lee, the current president of New York City's chapter of OCA, Asian Pacific Advocates. As a volunteer and an Asian American woman in New York, she says the recent increase in anti-Asian violence has caused her to rethink how she goes about her daily life, but she is hopeful for social change. Thank you so much for joining us, Alexandra. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. So I'd be remiss to not start by addressing the tragic attack that happened in Atlanta last week. So how are the OCA of New York and you as an Asian American woman handling this? How are you and the community responding to one another in the wake of this terror? Well, it's obviously been been a shock for the community and shaken a lot of people, but we've we've all been kind of relying on each other and, and supporting each other during this time. You know, it's really spearheaded this this movement to really address hate crimes and hate incidents that that have increased um, during during the pandemic. Building off of that, like you said, we've certainly seen an uptick in anti-Asian discrimination in the past year due to COVID. Would you say that there has been maybe another sort of increase in terms of people being a little more complicit or complacent or even just a little more used to the idea of anti-Asian discrimination? I mean, it, you know, the, the, there's an organization on the West Coast, Stop AAPI Hate. Um, I, I want to say about a month ago or, or a few, you know, maybe a little bit longer, they had reported, you know, almost 3,000 incidents um, of hate crimes, hate incidents since since the pandemic um, really started in March of 2020. As of as of today, it's almost 4,000. You know, so and and this also does not include. There's a lot of un, unreported incidents. Um, so, you know, I I think like that just that alone is is really staggering. Um, so, is there a sort of compl- complacency in the in the community? I don't know. I think there's obviously a fear you know, a fear in the community. Um, as an Asian American woman, I've definitely am, am in fear, um, you know, especially since last week, since the shooting in Atlanta. You know, it, it's just something that that sort of, I, I really haven't experienced on a personal level, you know, too much. Um, you know, of, of course, I, I think as an Asian American, there's always this perpetual foreigner myth. You know, my family's been here for a couple of generations. So that's always sort of challenging to deal with, right? And 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 growing up with with having experiences, you know, where where you're sort of targeted based on your your perceived identity. But I but I think it's just reached this whole new level. It's just um, yeah, and and I think it's it's just alarming because it's it's all over the country, you know. It's in it's in large cities. It's especially in in areas with with high amounts of Asian American populations. You know, it's not one specific group. Um, you know, the Asian American community is pretty, pretty broad. 
Um, you know, there's about 50 sort of subgroups within, within that group of, you know, countries, ethnicities, and East Asian and South Asian, you know, but, but um, you know, so it's sort of like really impacted everyone in, in different ways. To add on to that of you saying it's occurring in all different areas, something that I and I'm sure other people have found troubling is the high rate of anti-Asian hate crimes in New York City. We think of this area as being super liberal, progressive, and multiracial, and ultimately super different from the kind of political environment that we see in Georgia, but we're still seeing a lot of violence. So how would you, as someone whose family has lived here for many generations, as you said, how would you characterize the experience of Asian Americans in New York City? Well, I think it's a little bit different, right? Coming from a metropolitan area versus a suburban area, um, we have a large large community, large immigrant community, large Asian American community. But New York City, right, New York is very diverse and, and seen as more <clears throat> liberal and as opposed to other parts of the country. But, you know, there's pockets of different communities. It's still very segregated in, in many ways, you know, and, and, and that's all over the city, right? It could be in Queens, it could, could be in Brooklyn and, you know, the Upper West Side or so you know, as a whole, yeah, New York is, is very diverse, but, but there's still sort of like just different pockets and of communities. So, you know, and, and it's not sort of targeting, right? These, these incidents are not sort of happening in one specific area, right? It's not just, you know, Chinatown, Manhattan, it, or, I mean, it's all, it's, it's happening all over the city. So for something at least a little bit more positive, at least on social media, there has been in the past couple of weeks, a really great increase in social networks and social outcry about how Asian American communities can be helped and stood up for in various ways. So do you think that this is a time when we'll see attitudes change and see non-Asian people begin to take anti-Asian racism more seriously than they did before and sort of rethinking that whole kind of like model minority myth? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, especially as of last year with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you know, there's a lot of solidarity um, within minority communities. And I think um, sort of being recognized now with this, um, you know, movement with, um, you know, regarding Asian American hate incidents, it, you know, it's sad that it has to come to to this, right? There has to be some sort of um, tragedy to, for people to to recognize the issue, to step up, to for for this movement to happen. But you know, on the 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 bright side, right? It is happening, and there is recognition across, you know, broad broad coalition. Yeah, it, it, it's you know, I feel hopeful. I feel hopeful. Um, you know, there's a couple of um, you know rallies this past week, and. And, you know, you really see this, like, broad representation of, of folks um, coming out and supporting the community. So, yeah, I think, I think there's, you know, more, more support. It, it's just sad that it has to, you know, come, come in as a, as a, but, right, I feel like that's, that's how these, these movements happen, right? There's, like, some extreme, you know, tragedy that has to happen, and then everyone sort of steps up. Um, you know, there's always this model, model minority, you know, myth of, of Asian American groups or Asian Americans being sort of, you know, seen as more privileged. Um, but that's, that's far from the truth. You know, there's a high level of poverty. There's a high level of um, sort of, uh, there's a big undocumented, you know, immigrant community, um, non-English speaking community. So, you know, so those things aren't recognized. So, so I think like, you know, it's just a perception, right? It's a perception of, 
of the country, you know, in history. Um, so, so it, I, I think it's just maybe finally coming to this point where there is more, more recognition um, of the community and the community's issues. Do you foresee in the relatively near future any sorts of major policy or initiative changes that could promote protection of these communities? The response has to come from, from government, from law enforcement, from, you know, from district attorneys, from, from police, but it, but it really starts at the top, right? I feel like obviously, you know, that it's been, it's been recognized, right? The rhetoric of former President Trump has really just sort of spurred a lot of, um, a lot of hate, this sort of the speech. And, and I feel like it's, sort of helped people or it, it sort of allowed people to let their these these sort of like hidden racist undertones and like a dormant racism right it's sort of like where it was previously frowned upon that that this that the rhetoric under trump has has sort of allowed it to come front and center but in you know with, obviously with the new administration right away you know biden um there was an executive order regarding you know, language. And, and um, so obviously that was a positive move. And I think um, some groups are asking now for, you know, more support, more funding, you know, so there's, there's certain, you know, movements going forward, but, but it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I wish I had the answers, right. There's so many different players. There's so many different parts. Uh, you know, part of the issue is also is where there's underreporting, right. There's, there's this um, feeling like, well, what is, what is another, you know, what, what's actually going to happen? Like nothing's really going to happen. So in terms of like the policing, are they going to, is anything going to change? Is the district attorney going to prosecute these cases? You know, so, so that's, that's a whole other issue, right? Of like prosecuting these incidents as hate crimes. There's a, like a, a different standard. And so, you know, some of these things, some, some, right, some incidences, you know, cannot be um, prosecuted as a hate crime. You know, so that so that's really kind of challenging too. Um, you know, I worked in, in policy um, for a little bit, and you know I, that that crossed my mind. Like, wait a minute, why, why don't we, you know, sort of address address like how how can we address this problem, right? Like, how can we really structurally get to, to the root of some of these issues? And and you know, maybe that's like taking up taking it up to the legislature um, and and um, making it easier to prosecute hate crimes. Um, you know, that, that was just one thing that came to mind. But yeah, it's really, it really um, takes a broad, a broad um, response, right, from government, from law enforcement. I know a, a kind of simplistic one-step solution that some people have been throwing out is just to sort of increase policing in these certain neighborhoods with higher rates of Asian populations. How well do you think that would work as a solution? So, I mean, people have debated, right? The community has debated about what, what is the right solution, you know, where it, is it more police? Is it less police? Right. But, the, but then this sort of all ties into, um, you know, issues that affect, you know, minority communities, right? Like we all know that these aren't institutions have, you know, a history of, of racism, you know, is that something that we want to contribute to? you know, and, and just sort of like the impact of, of more police on minority communities, right? And, and I think that, like, we don't want to pit 
minority communities against each other. But I mean, obviously safety is the first issue. And, and again, you know, as an Asian American woman, like that, that definitely crosses my mind. Um, you know, my parents are elderly. It's, it's, I've, you know, the concern for my, my own personal safety and that of my family, you know, it's definitely made me rethink about, you know, where I go in the city, you know, where I am and, and, and have to think about, you know, if X happens, what will I do and what will I say? And so, it, so it's, yeah, it's, it's really crazy to sort of like think about those, those things that I've never had to really think about before. Is there anything else about just like the current climate or OCA of New York that you think is important to share that you didn't already? Yeah, one thing that our chapter does is that um, we have a um, annual hate crimes prevention art project that works with youth in New York City, really, really diverse um, youth from all over. And so it's, it's sort of like education and, and outreach, right? We'll work with different nonprofit groups around the city, train, train teenagers, really, these high school summer interns to um, be the future leaders and, and sort of learn about these issues and like go back to their communities, go back to their organizations and, you know, and share this information. You know, part of it, we will like actively reach out to um, organizations or, and, and that are assisting children or assisting youth um, defendants in, in hate crime incidents and work with them as a more form of uh, restorative justice, right? As an alternative re resolution in a criminal case, um, we'll, we'll have those folks involved with, with our hate crime prevention art project. And, and so I think it's, it's really good to sort of just like educate and use this tool as, as a restorative justice. Thank you so much for joining us, Alexandra. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having me. Alexandra Lee is the current president of the OCA of New York. You can find out more about their work on their Facebook, at OCA New York. This has been Community Dialogues. Our music is courtesy of bensound.com. I'm Laura Babiak. Thanks for listening.